Ramble. Get ready to rumble! Welcome to Guilty Pleasures, the first edition of Movie Fight. Today we have a very special episode where we are going to be discussing the Chris Farley classic? Masterpiece. Beverly Hills Ninja. And it's a very special episode because we have two buddies joining us in the studio who are ready to throw down over the merits of this film. Chris, what? I I feel bad because like I <laughs> if you would ask me a few months ago if Beverly Hills Ninja was a good movie I might have said yeah and then you saw the light and then I watched it <laughs> if you were to ask me five seconds ago if I thought Beverly Hills Ninja was a good movie I would say it's not a good movie it's a perfect movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's uh, Kelsey and Garrick are taking another summer week off I'm Zach Kornfeld but joining us in the studio returning we have. From the Wine and Weed Podcast, Mr. Chris Reinecker. Yo, Chris. Thank you for having me, Zach. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing well. Last time we were here, we talked about George of the Jungle. We did. Which, perfect. Which movie. is actually a delightful rewatch. Yeah. You know, Brandon Brandon Fraser? Rewatches you have and you... It was actually kind of better than you thought. I, I don't think I've rewatched that as an A adult. pleasure. Oh, you should. Uh, and sitting opposite him in the, uh, in the red corner, we have comedy legend mm-hmm. maestro on the mic. Keep it going. Um, uh, mustachioed maven. There you Wait. go. Jared Papa Popkin. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. I, I should say also, Jared, Chris, before we get started, best friends. Very, yes, of course. And we, and we have known each other for 10 years and we actually know each other originally through a comedy capacity yes we met at second city chicago yes we did so we're gonna be getting into a classic comedy today and if we don't look like <laughs> it friends. will get personal uh <laughs> partially for our love for each other our love for comedy you know and and we write things together so. i'll end this entire friendship over this movie. <laughs> I, we I, may not be writing things together after this. After we, this. we will. The closer you are as friends, I think the more freedom you have Absolutely. to fully unload on them. Yeah. And so what's been happening here uh, the last couple days oh. is that Jared brought up Beverly Hills Ninja starring Chris Farley, a film that you may or may not recall from the 90s. Uh, it was the third uh, in a string of Chris Farley hits uh, following Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. Yep. And Jared very firmly stated that it was not just a great comedy, not just a classic comedy, but in the pantheon of the greatest pieces of cinema ever created. Is that is that fair to say? I, I don't know if I said that, but I stand by it. You're <laughs> hanging there? I stand by it. <laughs> Look, a lot of people doing a lot of cocaine had a lot of fun. You know? I Isn't that all a, you want out of a good comedy? <laughs> I think they had fun, but a perfect movie is far from true. Chris mentioned that he rewatched the movie during during the quarantine one and thought that it was uh, surprisingly <laughs> bad <laughs> i'm surprisingly uh, shocked and let me be clear i'm not going to argue that chris farley is not a good performer that is not going to happen here today i think chris farley is an incredible performer i wish we gave him a third wonderful script to do instead of this thing ooh look at I mean, Jared. I mean Go, as, we're gonna a, get as an extended Go. sketch it's a funny idea. I'm going to let the gloves fucking come off. I'm going to probably just stand back and watch. But before we dive in, if you don't know Beverly Hills Ninja, I'm going to give you a quick synopsis. Nice. And then, Jared, we're going to come over to you for the pro. Okay. I'll give, yeah, I'll give whatever info you need. I would also like to give some pros. 
Yeah, you I know? love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. we're going to do our I normal. I have no negatives. We're going to do our normal guilty pleasures <laughs> thing. Uh, guys, if you're listening, if you like the show, please rate it. Uh, I normally save that for the end, but it helps people find the show, helps us get super dope guests, helps us just keep doing the thing that we're doing. So without further ado, Beverly Hills Ninja stars Chris Farley as Haru. He uh, fell off a ship as a baby and was adopted by a team of ninjas in Japan and trained as one of their own. Kind of like Kung Fu Panda a little bit. A little, a little bit of Tarzan in there. A little Tarzan. Uh, and there is a prophecy of the great white ninja, but little Haru... Little George of the Jungle. Little George of the Jungle. George of the Jungle. Uh, George of the Jungle. Jungle boy. <laughs> George of the Jungle. It's George of the Jungle. We're all on board for George of the Jungle. <laughs> I love George of the Jungle. Hell yeah. yeah. You guys just want to talk about George of the Jungle again? Let's do it again. Ha- uh, Haru, though, is not a great ninja. His brother He's a great ninja. Gobe. Oh, Gobe, he is a great ninja. But Haru finds the beautiful mistress, Sally Jones, who needs his help. He gets brought to the mysterious land of Beverly Hills to unfoil a plot, blah, blah, blah. Will he become a great ninja? We'll I think find really out. the blah blah blahs are are important here. The, I didn't see any part as blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because the specific thing is he needs to stop people from photocopying money. Yes. The problem that they had w- was that they only had one half of the bill. Yeah. So the the bad guy has one half of the bill and yep. needs to find the other half of the yep. bill. He's kind of a bumbling detective who finds himself in the wrong place at the right time again and again. He gets framed for murder. He does a lot. Ooh, a lot of pitfalls and smacking his head. If you thought George of the Jungie had a lot of Brendan Fraser smacking into stuff, just you wait for this film. Yeah, um, and I, and that is not a thing I have a problem with. I think the slapstick is pretty brilliant. Yes. <laughs> there is nothing but slapstick in this movie. Um, Jared. Yes. You love this movie. Love would be an understatement. Hey, Bowie. Come on hey, up, bud. Bowie. Okay, while Bowie lays down next to us, you were telling me before... So first of all, you did you didn't actually even rewatch this movie for this podcast because you know it start to finish. I have seen this movie over fifty times, <laughs> at least. So as a kid, we, I mean, I don't know if every kid does this, but you know, you go on road trips with your family. My did you have one of those little TVs built in the back yes. of this? What was it built in the back? It was like that's how the other half lives, huh? <laughs> all right, Chris. We know we're gonna. We've seen you on road trips, but. <laughs> It was like one of those old... Jared e- grew up in Florida. You grew up with Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's not Pretty talk. Fancy. <laughs> yeah. So in that van, you have a space that you could put a, like an old VHS TV. Hell yeah. Okay. So we had an old VHS TV. There was a few movies we would bring along the way, but there was always two that we definitely brought, me and my brothers being the we. Okay. One was Mortal Kombat. Oh, wow. And the second was Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> There's a theme there. Yes, there is. You guys fucking loved karate and kung fu and shit. Were ninjas bigger in the 90s than they are now? Or like our kids still into like karate? Was karate? We were, I feel like we went through a karate boom during our childhood. It was a big karate boom. How, How far did you guys get in karate? I never did karate. Never did karate. No, I was like but a, definitely like a, a lot of kids belt. did. You were a green belt. I don't know if your dojo's different. That's not far from my dojo. I, our dojo's not. Uh, I'm from Florida, dude. They could have been making this shit up as we went. I never got past <laughs> white belt. <laughs> I mean, I got white, yellow, green. All right. Yeah. You stuck with it. Still green. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. so. Okay. When you think about the, just, just hit me. The, what makes this movie great? Everything. So <laughs> here's the thing. I miss comedy 
I don't know where this is going to go, but if we relate it to where comedy is now, which comedy is great, television and movies, comedy is evolving, people are getting really good at writing it, there's amazing things happening in TV and film right now for comedy. But I do miss a comedy where it's like, the premise is ridiculous. The idea that there is a real ninja dojo, like, and everyone at this dojo is a badass ninja. Don't get it twisted, these guys are ninjas, okay? <laughs> And there's a shipwreck, like Tarzan, like George of the Jungle, Jungie. like we know, Jungie, thank you. There's a shipwreck, there's a little white baby washed ashore, the only survivor that we know of, okay? It's sad. <laughs> but what isn't sad is on this very serious Japanese island with very serious ninjas is an ancient prophecy. Ancient. This is just a story they have. And that white baby is happening to be, grow he's going to happen to grow up to be Chris Farley. That is right there, the craziest part of the movie. And then we let Chris Farley just live in this craziness. And he gives you heart. He gives you funny. He gives you hope. <laughs> that and is not the craziest part of the movie. The movie can <laughs> like this movie, if it was improvised, I would like be like, that was pretty good improv. All right, Chris, yeah, why, yeah. why is this movie not good? Because it doesn't make any sense. Nothing is earned at all. Everything feels like it's completely improvised. Uh, these guys learned like five things about Japanese culture and then recycle those five jokes over and over and over again. Like what are the, the jokes? That you take off your shoes when you go inside. Like, I don't even think they Wikipedia like what where ninjas come from. They, they knew do. that everybody but Chris Farley was a badass fucking ninja. I think you can I think you can root funny things in like uh, things that are like grounded based in, in truth or reality. And that's what or even if you told me, well, here are the four principles of what ninja ship is. And he's trying to get back to that in the silliest ways possible. Or if you earned a lot of stuff, that shit, none of that, none of the Japanese culture shit made any fucking sense at all, but whatever. Maybe it's like pirates. Maybe it's like pirates and ninjas, you know, like I'm not going to be like, Oh, culturally you're messed up with pirates. Like whatever they're pirates. Okay, fine. But, even if you do that, like Chris Farley's story makes no sense. So things I liked, things I didn't like. Okay, yeah. some some pleasures oh, from me. That, right. yeah, some yeah. pleasures from your boys. I go over here. The opening of this movie, I'm not gonna lie, made me laugh despite myself. Amazing. There is a montage Amazing. of this little boy bumbling Chris Farley at first as a little boy, then Spills as an adult. The water. Yeah, just fucking up again and again. And again it, and again. To Chris's point, it feels like a sketch. It's like, hey, here's an idiot in a ninja training sequence. It is stupid, but it's funny. You yep. have him whacking his brother again and again. He spills boiling water over everybody. And I hate to admit how much I was laughing. It's hilarious. It felt like low blows again and again and again. Yeah. Um, like a lot of the punchlines are funny when he flies, when I, they all fly up to enlightenment and meditation further and then like is going upside down. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. That's, and that, and that's a good joke because it's meditation and he can't grasp it. Right. It's like, that's good. I like that. I like moments like that. His haircut also perfect. Perfect. Chris his Farley's stupid little mushroom ridiculous. cut that is bowl, so fun. They put a bowl on his head and snip, snip, snip. Let's, you know, what, actually I'll just pause there. Let's just talk about Chris Farley as a performer. For we a can second. all agree that that was a pleasure. We can all agree that Chris Farley is a pleasure. So I think I think we what I liked about in general, I should just say Chris Farley is one of the best performers ever. And like, this is something that everyone who worked around him, everyone who saw him live, everyone at SNL, they were like, he was electric. He yeah. was a wrecking ball of energy. No one 
stole a scene the way Chris Farley stole a scene. And to Reinecker's point, I think a lot of it does feel improvised because he is at a level in that moment, I believe, in his career. In that moment, you're giving him a vehicle in this bizarre story that just loosely makes sense enough in a fun way, you're just letting him have fun over and over. Like, it weirdly makes me think of, like, the Charlie's Angels movies. Like, <laughs> you're just throwing scenes at us with different costume changes and like bright colors and different crazy scenarios that these three hot super agents can be hot super agents in. And to me, that's like, oh, Chris Farley's going to play a ninja? Yeah, well, that's a movie. But even, but even less in the, I, I like see the, I mean, maybe, and maybe this speaks as a positive, but I like very much see all the sets, all the, you know what I mean? I, I wrote down in the, in the Japan scene where he's going through like the boxes. I'm like, we know it's in Japan because of the Japanese, like, <laughs> but otherwise it looks nothing like Japan. It's like, it's obviously very clearly filmed. Everything, the everything's obviously very Hollywood. You know, it was all done on a soundstage, but I mean, that's what they did. They were like, let us set this up for Chris Farley and like go perform. And he did. And if you put Chris Farley in basically anything, for 90 minutes, he's going to make you laugh the whole time. It's impossible for a performer of that caliber to not make you laugh. And on top of it, real quick, Please. not only is he going to make you laugh in this movie, in a lot of ways, this is a rom-com. It's not, but it is. There is a love story. You root for him. He gets a girl. I mean, there is more than just... He's not just going to make you laugh. He loves his brother. He wants his brother to do well, even though you think this guy could be like, damn, I wish I was the great ninja. When his brother gets it, he's like, you deserve it, Gobei. There are moments of sincerity in this performance. He's amazing on so many levels. I think that the movie is told with the subtlety of a jackhammer performing a root canal. Uh, and I, <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> I think that the movie is a little too reliant on him as a physical performer and... What scenes is potentially did not too broad I think for his own? What scenes like, don't work? We, I don't know. Let's get Chris get funny, and then just let Chris be funny, and then we want him to go to Beverly Hills. So just have the dad give him a bag of gold, even though the dad doesn't really seem to like him, and he just failed out of the ninja dad school. loved him. Or, the dad definitely loved him. The dad was embarrassed that he was him, but the dad was like, "But he's our him." Like if that he's like he's our ass. Can we curse on this? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Okay, so. It's their asshole. It's the dojo's asshole that they adopted, who's probably from Beverly Hills. Yeah, what? Like, why? Why? Just because of the prophecy? Why did Tarzan get raised by animals? You'll see. You'll see. I don't get that comparison. Why George of the Jungle? What do you mean? Why? He's a well, you, you see the love between between. Them. I do see the. You love see in the this love movie. between the family. I didn't understand. I didn't see any of the love. I just saw him fucking up the whole. I saw the love every and time, then burning their sacred so text. It's, it's a different and love. Then knocking but, down everything, and then fu some fucking woman walks in and she's like, "Hi, my name's Mrs. Exposition, and here's what the rest of the movie is about." And they're like, "But who are you?" As he a told person? that scene out of order. She comes in before he destroys the dojo, who which is why the exposition is given because it's active. No, because she walks in and literally says, "Like, here's what I need." Like someone's are entering you this, stage is this in an so and so show. a dojo, and he's like, "Yeah, this is the." Dojo dojo and she's like are you a ninja and he's the only one there because out of love the dad his adopted father who's the sensei of this place is like we're going on a ninja mission tonight and he's like oh i'm excited he's like you can't come because he's he loves him but he doesn't want to hurt his feelings they're dancing around this real adults now feelings who doesn't understand he's the black sheep 
Okay, so this guy who doesn't fit in, they're just trying to keep him around. But we have a we have a very important mission for you. You're going to watch the dojo. And of all the nights, everyone else is out and about on a secret, secret ninja mission. The one guy <laughs> watching the secret, secret ninja dojo takes on a very secret, secret ninja assignment in Beverly From Hills. From a woman who just walks into the dojo. Well, she doesn't just walk in. She has an alias, Chris. She's thought about this. Her name isn't actually Sally Field. She's thought it's of Allison. it. She's okay. thought of it, and her name is just Sally Jones. Because, like, if you thought about it, you could put in a little more effort. Did the cops think about it? We call people Jane Does. <laughs> but going, John Does. Going back to Chris Farley, I just, <laughs> I wish that, like, again, I laugh so much during this movie, but so many scenes are reduced to just him going, duh, 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 or, or, duh. um, uh, yeah. and I just, like, I, Which I, scenes? I mean, like, yeah, like, okay, so when Sally comes, he knocks stuff over, he breaks the ashes of all the fallen brothers. Well, the comedy he in it is something that he's supposed to be watching the dojo. If we're talking about it like it's an overall sketch, let's put it in that context. The whole movie is a sketch that's a moving music video of sketches or ideas for one amazing sketch performer, okay? So if we're watching it under that, guys... He was asked to watch the dojo. He then shows this stranger around the dojo to all the different parts and special parts of the dojo while fucking up the whole dojo. That's slapstick comedy. It is. But how many times, and this is my first question, how many times in a movie can we watch Chris Farley knock into things? I was ready to watch that movie over 50 <laughs> times, so like all 90 minutes the, the, whole, the whole way through. The there is, wasn't a moment. Also, talk about the other characters. Gobei is an amazing performance given by Mortal Kombat lead, Liu Kang. So they got the most, in that moment, that is like Leonardo DiCaprio of fucking Kung Fu. But so and they got him to play the cool don't, brother. We don't, we just, Chris Rock is an amazing We're just Isabel not Hall. invested with the fact that he burns their sacred text. Like, that's okay with us. You see this as like an essential elemental building block of comedy this yeah. is like the the or hydrogen at least it was atom a build on to what that building block was in slapstick comedy uh -huh. so like there isn't in that moment of time comedy changes with what we ask comedy to be as a viewer right yeah. so every few years audiences are going to want new things out of comedies right. right so in that moment of time what we wanted out of comedy was vehicles for the funniest people to just be funny it's a great point. I like in the '90s, it was very slapstick. It was very like weird characters in stupid situations. It's you talked about situations. the Water Boy, right? Yeah, like yeah. Adam Sandler's whole early Billy career Madison. was I'm just going to be a weird guy in a place I don't belong. In the mid 2000s, that's when we got the Manchild Movement, as yep. ushered in by Judd Apatow. Yep. Uh, following uh, the success of The Office, we had you know, cringy comedy and mockumentary comedy. Right now. I don't know what we're... I mean, right now, I think we're actually in, like, sad comedy, in truthful comedy. I think it's, we're in, like, really grounded slice-of-life comedy that someone could relate to, which is great. I think yeah. comedies are fun to track in what we ask for. I don't think any comedy should be lesser or better than others in that sense. It's just at the times of what audience want. It but, is interesting that of all of the types of media, comedy is the, the, the one that travels the worst, right? Overseas and through time. You ask, I mean, the reason that comedies are not made by with big budgets uh, anymore is because they don't perform well overseas. And so much of our uh, the Hollywood studio... Well, it's very reference point and culturally relative. Yeah. So, like, if and it's comedy not is cultural inherently. Yes. And culture is of its time. Right. So, like, you watch back, like, you ask people to watch Duck Soup, I think it's hilarious. But some people would be like, that's not fucking funny. I think it's fucking funny, but comedies are of the time they are born and so now kind of the question we're asking is 
are you looking at this through a 90s lens and we're looking at this through a modern lens? Did you laugh? I, despite because myself, Because it yeah. was what? It was funny. funny. It was funny. And I of all comedies. So to your point, though, of yeah. all comedies, and they don't do well overseas, you know what does do well? Slapstick. Physical slapstick <laughs> comedy. So if I show this to... Here's my point about this movie. You can read into any detail and be like, well, the whole movie didn't make a lot of logical sense because he would burn a thing that apparently mattered and nobody brought it up again. But I can tell you that the dumbest person on the earth can enjoy this movie and the smartest parent bringing their kid to see it can en- laugh at this movie. You know what? That's I bet a you, good comedy. Chris, I bet you if you got 100 people from across the, the globe and showed them this movie and showed them Wedding Crashers, I bet you that this would score better. I bet you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so I just looked at other movies, which are slapstick movies from the 90s, and I think they are much better than this movie. Hit me. I think uh, Dumb and Dumber is much better than this movie. I agree. I think uh, Scary Movie is Scary much Movie better. is not better than Beverly Hills Ninja. I think Scary, scary Movie is Scary Movie better. is not better <laughs> than <laughs> Beverly Hills Ninja. I, you are crazy. I would put it on the same level as like a Police <laughs> Academy 4. Like some like spin-off. It's like it's not the best version. <laughs> Yesterday that. when we were talking about this, Jared literally yells, "You insolent child." The mask, <laughs> the naked gun. I love naked gun. The naked gun's fantastic. But and there's so much better. There's so much real story. But wait, you just had a problem with Beverly Hills Ninja because grounded. it felt like a sketch. The naked gun isn't one long sketch. But but then but Leslie Nielsen takes it so seriously, and they have one clear. Chris Farley takes that movie so but seriously. But they have one like it the. It's just way funnier in my mind. This this idea they don't really play with any style. The the things what there it's a it's a series of sketches back to back. So it's like, wouldn't it be funny if Chris Farley played a uh, Fu Manchi uh, chef? The hibachi guy? chef. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if he uh, now played a Wisconsin guy? Wouldn't it be funny if while he's playing this Wisconsin guy, a water fountain showed up and the water found fell you know like then the the mustache from falls the water out of his water lost it that you know like i i like that like the only joke that like built upon itself was this idea that his brother's coming in to save him and that was a funny joke but like there wasn't real variation on the joke you mentioned yeah. Liu kang from mortal Kombat. i forget the name of the actor and i'm so sorry uh he plays gobi his brother yeah and that is to me one of the most genuinely enjoyable uh, through lines of the movie. Oh, if it didn't have that, it would have nothing. Gobei is sent to America to secretly trail his brother and basically clean up after him, make sure he does well. So because Chris, he's a real ninja. Because he's a real ninja. <laughs> yeah. Chris Farley is fucking up left, right, and center. And Gobei is uh, accidentally getting fucked up by him the repeatedly. Whole time. Yeah. And then also cleaning up his mess. It's a really fun runner. It's the same joke over and over and over again. But in new ways. But somehow it works every single time. And I think it is because, as you mentioned, like he is really real. Like he yeah. is a great, excellent uh, so physical performer. He's grounded mm-hmm. and watching him suffer again and again while Chris Farley is clueless to the harm he is causing is fun. I, I, I kind of wondered as I watched the movie, I was like, did this get added in reshoots? Because he's never <laughs> other than at the um other than at the mansion, like they're never in the same place. It's always like he the throws brother? it in there, the reaction is in a different shot. It's always I was like the brother and Chris Farley. Yeah, or ma- maybe it was like a filming schedule thing, but I was like, why are they never in the same shot? But because they are he's not during supposed the to be seen by that's the whole game. Is that 
Chris Farley is going on this mission that he's finally allowed to go on because he's never been allowed to be a ninja. And finally, his adopted father sensei is like, you can go to Beverly Hills and do what your heart is telling you to do. And the second he goes out, he's like, you have to go be a real ninja and make sure he is okay because we love him and he's not going to be okay. It kind of felt, to answer your question, it kind of felt like if I were directing a student film comedy the way I would have shot it. The whole shooting of everything? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It felt very like... Everything felt like it was on a set. I don't think it was well made. It was just kind of like all right here. Well, no offense to either of you, but it was very well made. (laughs) It's significantly better than most bad movies. It's I, not a bad movie. So I, 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 thought you were gonna say, I was going to say Fast and the Furious, but I stopped and I How said, How fucking dare I, I would, both of you? It is better than Fast and the Furious. How fucking <laughs> dare both of you? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know, know if we've blown why. out the mics. I mean, but it, has, it has Chris Farley, so yeah. Because, But if it didn't have Chris Farley. Chris and, Rock? I don't think Chris Rock is at his funniest in this. Chris Rock is. Hol- it's, not his, no, Chris, <laughs> it's not Chris Rock at his funniest. It's a young Chris Rock. So it's yeah. like a really young Chris Rock who has a funny minor character. It's which, by very the way, weird to the see. Dynamic- his whole entire character is, I live in the hood. That's his whole character. That's not his character at all. His whole entire character is, I, I want you to train and I want to be a ninja. Because I'm Chris afraid. Farley is not a really good ninja. So the idea of all I do, sudden- I, I do love when, when uh, like that scene when he's like, you're a ninja and just like believes him, doesn't question that's the situation amazing. at all. It, like that's it, a funny idea. It's yeah. wild seeing Chris Rock as a bit part absolutely crushing. Crushing. Not great material. No, the material is funny between the two. The material is funny. You he, just watch. He's really good and it's like, oh wow, give this guy more. I just, I don't think, I think all, all, almost all of the characters are two dimensional. They rarely have a thing about them where you're like, Oh, I didn't expect that. Like, I don't know anything about his brother, which we've explained as one of the main characters, the central relationship. He's a good ninja. The central love story. Very good ninja. What do you know about him other than the fact that he's a good ninja? He's a great ninja. He's the best ninja in the dojo. Yeah, that's right. You don't know any secondary factor. Could have been funny. And he, and he has this thing. What's this? What is the three-dimensional part of his character? Same with the woman who just says a bunch of exposition in the same in the first scene. What is the second part of her character? I'd love if I'm giving notes to these bro- these guys who uh, did write Mitt Romney's style. Like I was like, what what else have they written after this? And it turns out that they wrote one funnier die parody of Gangnam Style about Mitt Romney oh, called God. Mitt Romney record. style, oh. and I was like, yeah, that's exactly where these guys' careers went. <laughs> So uh, three-dimensional characters is one thing. I just think as far as things go through, the way that things could be earned, the way, the way that if there was just a water fountain in some early scene that he had a spat with and then later on needed a water fountain, like if that was a runner, that would be smarter. Explain what you're talking about. Like He's things are not earned. The water fountain came out of absolutely nowhere. So in this moment of the movie, yeah. he has now hijacked Will Sasso. They kidnap, like they basically knock out Will Sasso. Chris who's Farley a very funny girl. character. This is way part. later in the film. So he knocks out Will Sasso, who's a very funny character. He's the guy that's actually being by- hired by the criminals to make the bills. So he's an ink specialist. He's an ink specialist. Or Chris whatever. Farley puts on a fake mustache. To be that guy. He's touring this uh, factory. He goes to take a drink from a water fountain. The mustache gets knocked off. Yeah. And, and then Gobey whips it back on from a distance because he's dressed as like a construction worker. Pretty in the dope. Warehouse. 
Yeah, I just think I think you could have given me really little justifications that I would have been like, cool for the fact for like why he had the background to imitate this ink guy or why she or why she had the background to imitate this ink guy. Like I just knew no backstory. Nothing was earned. Everything felt completely improvised and out of nowhere. So I just didn't think it was very like cohesive writing. It felt well, like I don't think the writing is what everything. makes that movie good. So the, uh, I've yeah, never watched I, that movie been like, this writing is masterful. You Nobody thought re- it was funny when you were a kid, and I think that's okay. But I'm just no, saying. No, I watched it like five times no, recently. I, yeah, it's yeah. funny. <laughs> I watch it with a lot of people. Of Here's the thing. I come from South Florida. So I've watched it with drug dealers. I've watched it with my <laughs> friends out here. I've watched it with all kinds of people. And everybody can laugh at Chris Farley being a bad ninja. Everybody. Drug dealers? They know funny. Drug dealers <laughs> love this movie. Drug dealers. I've always imagined. Listen, that sounds stupid, but if when I'm writing a comedy, if I can have like an a hood dude from South Florida laugh at the same comedy that I can get a writer friend from LA laugh at, that's a good fucking comedy. That's a good movie. That's a broad level of comedy. That is why I know for a fact that most people watching this, if you haven't already seen it. You're welcome. <laughs> I just showed you a funny movie. It is something I think about a lot is like the pretension I have about some art is like, yeah, but like I'm in the minority and that means I'm wrong. Like I can I can say all I want about how fucking I don't know what like what we do in the shadows is one of the best comedies on TV right now. It's but it's not touching the numbers that Big Bang Theory gets. And that kills me. Well, Big Bang Theory is it. I, I don't watch Big Bang Theory either and it does get insane numbers, but there is a happy middle sometimes where there's lightning in a bottle and something is made and a bunch of different kinds of people can watch it. Yeah. It's like the brand Gucci. You've got Harry <laughs> Styles wearing it and you've got fucking Future wearing it. Everybody will wear Gucci. It's that happy medium. That's that kind of comedy. Beverly Hills Ninja uh, is the Gucci of I comedy. I don't know. I have another question. I don't question. know if what brings people to Gucci is the same thing that brings. <laughs> I think it's more like, like Gucci is status, like a, like a no, ha- I, like Hanes or like like a for sure like Walmart. Hey, they make great. No, it's not Walmart. Walmart brings these people together more than I would you don't compare see, it to Gucci. You don't see bougie people in a Walmart. I think I think Breaking Bad is the Gucci that brings all types of people together and is actually totally. really, really quality. Totally. I think this okay, is so like... Okay, so Beverly Hills Ninja is the Breaking Haynes. Bad of comedy. <laughs> I wouldn't say that either. Wait. But I would say, I will say this. I think... I think you're watching it expecting things to be given to you because you're watching it knowing what comedies can give you now. But a lot of comedy learns from the things. Like, there's a lot of comedians since Beverly Hills Ninja that notices, oh, you could make that character, to your point, three-dimensional, not necessarily two-dimensional. Because in that moment of making cinema, like movie comedies, they're caring about... The world is around Chris Farley. The world is how people feel to Chris Farley and how Chris Farley feels about the world. They don't have to push past I, Yeah, I just feel like it's even more of like an 80s comedy in the 90s. I no just way. think the 80s... The it's just like Roxbury, man. The comedies are there other characters it. in the Roxbury I, I, that are I like sketch Guys, movies. I don't know that Roxbury is a good movie. I, I love Night at the Roxbury. I watched it recently and I was and I, and I I thought it was better than I remember. Okay. Night at the Roxbury is a fantastic Because I movie. think there is... There are funny running jokes sure, and there are sure. funny relationships. I just I wouldn't hold that up as a paradigm of a I'm, great... Well, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's an SNL movie so you for know this what I mean? film it is an snl movie and it's like a mo- i agree that it is like a big long sketch and inside of this sketch is like opportunities at minor versions of the sketch i'm actually what curious. i'm saying is i'm not a stickler for like things being silly or things not making but you're sense. a sticker you're a stickler for logic 
I am a little bit of a stickler so for logic. Maybe yeah. you should drop the stickler of logic to watch a funny movie. Because if you're thinking when that movie, when you're watching the dojo get set on fire and they transition out of it to the next scene and you're worried about that, you're not worried. You're not watching the movie. Yeah, I just think it's a good question when you're writing or performing comedy to ask yourself why. Like, why is this character doing this? And I, I was finding myself constantly. That's going, for the people going, that have to why? figure out how to be funny. Those aren't the motherfucker Chris Farley. <laughs> you don't have to ask yourself anything when you're as good as Chris Farley. You're going to make people laugh for 90 minutes in the stupidest movies. Okay. That's so like, fair. I think just to kind of close this part of this discussion where, where I land on this is that Chris Farley is a great performer in a movie. That is good. Well, but it's good because he's great, right? Like that's like when LeBron was on that shitty Cleveland team. Like, no, it was just LeBron. Why do you watch a movie? For, for I watch it for a lot of things. But why but do you, know you watch I mean? a movie? Like, if you took Chris Farley out of this movie, this movie crumbles. If you took Chris House Farley out of this movie, apart. it doesn't get made. It, do, it doesn't exist. So, yeah. But, but it only exists because Chris Farley existed. And if Chris Farley is the lead of your movie on that level of a budget in the 90s and you watch it and it ends where it ends, you should be able to say pretty wholeheartedly, that was great. I'm going to move us on to the conversation that everyone's been waiting to hear three straight white guys talk about. Mm-hmm. Is this movie... Is this film a respectful representation of Asian culture? I've been waiting Discuss. for this. I've been waiting for this. So <laughs> I think it's a little bizarre to be three white guys deciding on it. Number one. Yeah, I should, should say that. Like, we, we I don't should. really know if my decision matters. But to the definitively. Answer. But but <laughs> as I think of the film, every race of people being shown outside of Chris Farley. I never took it as them being the joke. I took them as being a reality and Chris Farley is the fish out of water in their reality. Here's what I think the problem is. Okay. Is that, uh, yes, yeah, so the, the Asian actors in this film are all very competent. They're very cool. Yeah. But I think a couple too many times the culture is the punchline. You know, we could look at a lot of them, but the, the movie flirts with stereotypes Oh, and for sure. I would say uh, the hibachi scene is the one that is just full on not okay. Yeah. That's the one where I watch back through my 2021 He's basically lens. wearing blackface. It's, it's the sounds that I'd rather not repeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is him just kind of pretending to be an Asian man. He says the state Ohio. <laughs> he says Ohio. Again Ohio. and again? Yeah. Like yeah. That. That's, oh, that's kind of funny. I think to do that, you need to admonish the character within the scene, right? So, like, if the world around him was like, what you're doing is not okay, and then he kept doing his very broad thing, and it's like, oh, what? I'm just a guy doing a hibachi. Then there's a way to do comedy there. I mean, and here's why it's over the line. Because the joke is, it's funny because he's pretending to be Asian, right? And to be honest, I think in that moment of time, if I'm recalling the scene fairly, vividly, like, I think they were worried less about offending anybody, and they were, like, really trying to get a joke out of Gobei dressed as a woman. Right. Yeah. Like which that, also that is seems on, yeah. to be more of their focus as the filmmakers. Yeah. Like I think they which, were more. By the way, Gobei was pulling it off, and I did not even realize through halfway through the scene that really? it was Gobei. Yeah. They have two of those jokes in there. They also when he's looking for a blonde woman. Oh yeah, he's another. Turns woman. around, there's a man with long hair, and he's like, <laughs> "Well, he doesn't go yikes. He goes, I thought you were my friend.' And the way he responds is funny. It had nothing it, to do. It, with I right, actually thought right. that yeah. was a pretty good. That was scene. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was more of a joke about how a bunch of. Uh, men in LA look like Fabio. Yeah. Well, it wasn't whole, about. Whole, so the context, yeah. the whole scene is like, I just need to find a blonde woman in Beverly Hills. How, How hard, hard could that be? And then it's <laughs> yeah, that's because he doesn't know anything. Yeah it, yeah, it was a good joke. Also, that's right after another funny joke where he walks out and he's dressed like a pimp, and Chris Rock's like, "You look like a pimp," and he's like, "Thank you," because <laughs> <laughs> like, 
it's an idiot. It's a comedy about a version of an idiot who somehow achieves everything an idiot shouldn't achieve. Right. I don't disagree that that scene isn't of the best in the film. I just, uh, I I think more more so my thing is that the characters, uh, like the culture and characters from that culture are just kind of faceless. I don't think they have very Mm. many lines. So even though it's a positive stereotype, it's still a stereotype and it's still painting them as all the same. So from that, from that perspective, I think maybe there's a, a step towards like the fact that main characters are not all white people is maybe a step towards but like it's not like knowing like where we know now going like yeah no but it employed employed asian actors i don't i don't think that's like giving yourself a pat on a back another thing that made me laugh is that the filmmaker and i made me laugh in not the best way <laughs> is that the filmmakers clearly were like what songs about Asia do we know? I think okay, I'm turning we've Japanese. Got, th- we got uh, Kung Fu Fighting. Okay, we're going to do that song three times. Yep. Uh, great. And then I think I'm turning Japanese, which is a very offensive song about a man masturbating. Uh, that's what the song is about. Really? Yeah, it's fucked up. It's like he's... And then when he... When he Are caught, you really serious? Yeah, you're right. I don't like... I don't. There's something that definitely feels racist about Watching him. Watching it back as an adult, something that I didn't remember that I was pleasantly surprised by was when like in that second act is ending and he's going to like go save everybody and save Allison or Sally Field, whatever her name is. Um, all the callbacks at once, like, where are my shoes going? And then he goes, thanks, asshole, to the valet. And then he's ready with Chris Rock. Like, it's all happening so quick that it's like, this is how good comedies were being made until we got better at them. Yeah, yeah, I, like, do, I do I do like jokes like the thanks, asshole When they joke. started calling things back that and you've I like just been seeing. And I like the structure of the It goes to your water fountain joke. point of, like, they started calling yeah, it back. Yeah, I like that, yeah. yeah. And things feel earned. I, I mean, like, th- I think about, like, a modern... Um, comedy like like a studio comedy like game night like everything is based out of like relationships in game night and everything and there are so many fucking hilarious callbacks game night's great that i that again like we couldn't i i get what you mean they paved the way but like the the glass table callback in game night is freaking hilarious and but game night's made the way the they two, keep doing like it 2018 yeah i know but i i think stuff like that was happening in austin powers st- and stuff where I'm still alive. The like the way that he has That's a button the, on the credits and it's one callback. It's not no, it's, it's not all a bunch beginning. Dude, they call back like five different runner jokes as he's walking to his car. That's good comedy. Like they Is are, that the very end? Yeah, it's towards the end. When he goes to like save thing. everybody and then Chris Rock, who's being trained by a guy who has no business training anybody, accidentally pulls a Chris Farley himself and accidentally helps in the saving of Sally. It's it's a it's a silly, it's not if you're watching it with weight of logic or weight of making sense of normal day things, because that's what comedy seem to do right now, you're not watching the movie right. Genuinely wonderful moment towards the end of the film. Uh, Chris Farley's getting the shit kicked out of him. His brother comes in. Gobe comes in, saves the day. Yep. But then Gobe is getting teamed up on. That's how good does this next part feel? And he, come on. Come on now. Dude. Come on, dude. 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 You know. You know. You know, you were asleep. I did, and I remember this part a couple I remember Farley, that Chris Farley goes, Nobody messes with my brother. And he wait, does what is the, he, wait, wait, wait. So Chris Farley Chris Farley sees him and goes, I may not be a great ninja, but nobody messes with my brother. And he flips. 
like a ninja for the first time. And by the way, he's inherited the great white ninja garb that was sent to him earlier. I don't know if you got to that part, but there was like waiting for him in his hotel room when they felt like he was ready. He flips down and all of a sudden he kicks fucking ass. With the power of love, the power of love. for I mean, from that point forward, Chris Farley is just full on an incredible ninja. It clicks. And the joy, guys, the, the joy, joy of watching get. Chris Farley kick ass as a ninja, pretty irresistible. Pretty worth watching the whole film. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I guess if somebody asked me, is it, you know, because I've come around, I've come around a little bit during this podcast because I think if somebody asked me, Hey, I, I want to do comedy and I've never seen Beverly Hills Ninja. Should I watch it? Yes. I would say yes. Yes. And I also think it, you're right in a lot of ways. It is like a good step one for comedy. The fact that, yes, it doesn't matter if I'm a ninja because it's about my brother. Like in comedy, we care more about characters when we care about their relationships. So wow. like that is a good thing to know. But it's very step one. <laughs> <laughs> to be like my brother i love him and we're like boom boom tsh. but like that's because we like relationships but if you go to an audience you know what i mean like and now we can dive day deeper into relationships and they can be more significant and funnier more specific more three-dimensional but awesome. but but the bl building blocks building exist. blocks are all imp important in everything i'll go back to basketball if you go to a basketball <laughs> game tonight and somebody did a crossover you wouldn't even say anything it would just be part of a play Years ago, if somebody did a crossover in a game, the whole crowd went nuts. So it's it's similar in that sense of like, you've got to learn how to do certain things and see it work before other people 30 years from then do it three-dimensional. Like, I think if you watch this kind of movie in a room with someone who loves it and they are laughing at the jokes from the beginning, your experience is different. Hard to deny. That might be true. If I, you were me to and my girlfriend this, both fell off at a has similar Has your girlfriend time. seen it before? I think so, yeah. When she was Did she, she like it? When she was a child. But yeah, I had seen it when I was a child. And I when it got put on Netflix, well, I, I think like, we oh went my. cool, Chris Farley, let's watch it. And then we were laughing and then we were slowly like, This is bad. <laughs> well, so And it was it's about the time when Sally Jones comes in. She's when fantastic. she's just like, Hi. I'm here as a woman to oh, tell so you character. Mean eight minutes into the movie. <laughs> Dude, you know what I think about when I watch that movie? What? He is too big for this world. I agree. He was too good for him to find the magic in that kind of movie that he found. Because the movie's basic with a silly plot. I miss basic movies with silly plots. So, like, there's a basic film with a silly plot, and this guy gives you everything in it heart, laughter, soul. That was beautiful. It's it really both my praise and my critique of the movie. And I know we're going in circles here, but like he's great. And I don't think the movie is. And he carries it on his goddamn back. But and all the movie is, is him what being would great. happen if it was him and great writers that's what I, that's and what great I, director? That's what I wish. He almost, I mean, you want to talk about Mike Myers? Mike Myers signs on for Shrek because he died. He was signed on for Shrek. Yeah, I know. No kidding. Yeah. Chris Farley had recorded Isn't that a crazy? Shrek. No way. He'd done lines. Yeah. It's and nuts. he died. I had no so idea. So they brought in Mike Myers. Chris Farley was I well wonder. on his way to listen. That's wild. Don't get it twisted. Well, I, I Chris love Farley had his he was going to have a punch drunk glove moment. Okay. Yeah. Like he was well on his way to show you a different side of how amazing he was. I know. He could have worked with amazing filmmakers, done really, really good films. But until then, when you're on the come up in the way that he was on the come up, 
in the time that he was in the come up, that movie is fantastic. Wow. Mm. I honestly, I would also say that like if he got to continue and didn't die, this would, we would not really remember Beverly Hills Ninja. No, you would watch it and be like, look how awesome this is. The way that you watch night at the Roxbury and look how awesome young Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan are. Yeah. It's the same thing. You are winning me over. I don't, it doesn't change my opinion. I wasn't of what doing I anything. Watched. I speak on behalf of an easy win. I went into this room knowing <laughs> I was arguing justice and righteousness. This movie is at worst not your favorite comedy, and at best one of people's favorite comedies. <laughs> this I is a know. great movie to go watch at night during the day on a day off. You could smoke weed. You don't have to smoke weed. You could drink wine. You might not be a drinker. You'll still <laughs> fucking laugh. If you deal drugs, you will love this. <laughs> Drug dealers will laugh at this movie. And you know who else will laugh at this movie? Doctors. Scientists. Which are drug dealers. Like drug dealers. <laughs> yeah. of- but teachers will laugh at this one. People laugh at this movie. I like Jared's all commentary on the pharmaceutical industry yeah. in this episode. Which yeah. also, they tip a very <laughs> serious line that we should talk about. But no. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie is fantastic. Priests in so many ways. Love Don't- this movie. Yeah. Therapists love this movie. Given. Taxi drivers, weirdly, not a big fan. But that makes sense. <laughs> pharmacists big fan huge also drug dealers here's the thing watch this movie without the weight or the i feel what you're trying to find like you're like that doesn't make sense that he would burn this ancient scroll and now nobody cares it's like back to the future don't watch it to make sense of time travel watch it for the but, amazing movie that is back to the future but like i'm not even mad that like this, don't you dare put back to the future uh, yeah i don't that's, I'm not, that's a real master and like back to the future has like three-dimensional relationships and characters and objectives and wants and like this is just back has, to the future is one of the best movies ever. it's a i mean i never when i was like studying plays and stuff i i didn't really like farces and I but thought farces you, were don't you over like Princess the top. Bride? I'm not a huge fan of farces. You I'm don't not like Princess like, Bride? Are you going to say I I'm sorry, Chris. My look, I, I watched Princess Bride. Are you Bride. in one episode going to shit on the Fast and Furious no, and no, Princess no. Bride? I just want to make it very clear. I'm not going to shit on Princess Bride. Before you say whatever you're going to say, you're wrong. If you sided with Chris up to this point, <laughs> you have one more moment to back out. No, no, no. <laughs> but, you're about, but, you're, but you're about to side with a man who's going to speak anything po- other than positive about the Princess Bride. I didn't say that. I, I said th- that. Okay, then what do you think about Princess Bride? I, I think it's good. As a kid, I watched it twice in a church group that I overall I thought had a bad vibe. Well, yeah, so was, that makes sense. My connection is with some weird church group and everybody in the church group is like, let's watch Princess Bride again. And you I'm like need to rewatch that. And film. I'm like, OK. And they're all like saying the lines as we're watching it. And I'm like, OK, so, you know, this what? is not the church. It's group a vibe vibe masterpiece, with. sir. So like just I'm sorry. Actually, though, That's what I'm saying. No, like, it's not I your disagree fault. with your opinion on the movie. I, I don't really have an but opinion someone on the movie. That can, I went to Jew. I don't camp. think I got to watch it. I was a sleepaway Jewish camp kid. OK. And there's a movie that all my friends love, and the reason I never loved it is because of what you just described in that it, people would want to watch this movie, and they'd say every line, and I can't watch I hate The Goonies. Oh. Guys, what is going on here? Wow. The Goonies was that movie for me at Jew Camp. Everybody wanted to watch it all the time. They knew all the lines. 
I didn't understand. This is it. oh my god! This is Princess Bride for for me. For me, that's because I've Goonies. only watched it a but couple the Goonies times. Goonies is arguably a very good movie that I just can't. Get I cannot to. believe I I've gave watched scenes either of Princess Bride and like, these talk. are good. Yeah, I cannot I believe can't I believe gave it you both a full hour to talk with with these garbage takes coming in here. Well, the, the Goonies is arguably the, a good film. I mean, we're not actually Goonies kind of like some ways doesn't hold up that great, but in most ways is fantastic. I remember seeing it and being like, I get this, and then I. Like as a child was like, but I don't want to like it because all these people like it. Some quick hits going back to the movie real quick uh, for my lost fans. Dr. Marvin Candles in this shit. Got a quick cameo. Means nothing to you guys, but who is he? I know he's the guy who gets shot and dies when the, the counterfeit and falls into the boat, into the boat. That's a good actor. Cool. Yeah. Marvin Candle. He's great. He was great in that. Dharma time. initiative. Shout out. Um, that part is stupid, but it's also funny. <laughs> but it works because movies in the funny. 90s are like, that's an action movie that would that's happen. That's fine with That's me. like, oh yeah, it's like an action parody. Yes. Like the elements this of parody is action parody. Yes. Uh, yes. That's why I like Austin Powers so much. Chris asked a question the other day that I think is worth investigating. What's the question? <laughs> oh boy. Did the wonderful, incredible, perfect performer Chris Farley ever actually make... A good movie. How even dare that you <laughs> ask that question? How dare you? That was your question, right? That's your question? How but, dare you? But I you? haven't seen Tommy Boy and Black Sheep in a, sheep in a, a long, long time. time. It was no. just a question. Your answer. It was just a question. That's the answer to your I question. I just feel your bad stupid, stupid that question. he... <laughs> I just... I think he could have like a Jack Black style career where he does serious roles and he's funny role. A Robin Williams style career. He cannot you do... Know? Okay, he's, he's not going to be in Robin you Williams. You don't think line. that eventually I as get he matured? Jack, but you know Jack... Chris Farley ran, so Jack Farley could run. Jack Black. Black. Jack Black. Jack, excuse me. Chris Farley runs, so Jack Black can run. Like, <laughs> they don't, like, Chris Farley is before Jack Black. Chris Farley is OG to Nicki Minaj to no, Cardi B. that's what I'm you saying. Know, like, I'm, I'm saying he could have but he only had, had a career like that where he really becomes a truly, like, not just a performance force, but, like, a fantastic actor. Like Robin Williams as a performance force when he's in the 70s. And then in the 90s, he becomes like a truly Chris good Farley actor. would have done that. I think you're totally right. He totally right. would have 100%. done that. 100%. Without question, he was going Especially to Especially if that. he got like sober or something. Like Yeah, but I'm saying, you know, he that talent. When you watch a movie like Beverly Hills Ninja or Tommy Boy or Black Sheep, from my perspective, very early in these films, you can just see this is not regular. It goes back to like some people are 6'5 playing <laughs> basketball and some people are Kevin Durant, seven feet tall yeah, with a it, jump shot. Like He this, was just otherworldly. He was otherworldly. Oh, that was the other scene that fucking killed me. There's one scene in this movie where he jumps on uh, a strip club stage and we get to see him kind of re revive his uh, SNL Chippendales moment. Amazing. It's great. And it's a delight. And I, I think we, we can all agree on here is we wish we had more of him. Uh, that I wish... For sure. We were, we were, we're cut extremely short for that. Guys, I have some fun facts. I will rewatch this movie with you. And I think just being in the room with someone <laughs> that enjoys it, you'll be like, oh, that's why this is funny. So I've got a pro and a con here. So according to an A&E biography, Chris Farley hated this movie upon seeing it. Uh. <laughs> that changes nothing. <laughs> Chris Farley was on drugs. <laughs> Chris Farley had. He told okay. his agent that he there. never wanted to do a movie like this ever again. He thought that it uh, exploited his manic physical humor by dumbing it down and playing it out to an almost tiring and foolish degree. And according to Bernie Brillstein, 
Chris was so disappointed that he cried on his shoulder after the first screening. Chris also died of an overdose. He wasn't, yeah. you know, I but mean, there's, there's, the there's right time. and wrongs to everybody. And here's what I will say to the other point, him having that reflection as an artist after one of his pieces of art coming out, that would have led him to doing more smart yeah, material. Yeah, it, it supports that idea it supports that his the idea career would have gotten better. He was going to better. go in not a dumbed down pop, you know, or pop, uh, slapstick style of yeah. genre. But it works in that genre. But I, I kind of, but that that's a little bit what I was saying is Steve like, Steve Martin does it with the jerk. better than this. You know what but I mean? Steve like, Martin is better than the jerk and the jerk is fantastic. The Jerk is an amazing movie. And after he does The Jerk, you get out the dumb comedy, you go do smart comedy. Like every comic, young or old in age, but in the maturity of being where they are as an artist, I have no problem with him doing a movie he thinks is dumb. I mean, guys, someday people are going to look back and be like, dude, Zach Kornfeld had to do The Try Guys. That dumb shit? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think think it's dumb shit, but you start somewhere to pivot. And where you start, you may not look back on because you were able to pivot to it, but other people are going to look back on that fondly. Uh, I've got a positive. When asked what his favorite movie was, Christian Bale cited Beverly Hills Ninja as a movie that he must watch all the way through <laughs> every time it's on TV. Yeah. So, Christian Bale. I don't know. Christian Bale is on drugs, though. <laughs> <laughs> and he's insane. I'm just kidding, Christian Bale. I don't know. No, Christian Bale, that makes sense. That's a really smart actor. I feel like really like eloquent artists like dumb stuff and dumb artists like really eloquent stuff. Like I, That makes sense. That checks out? Yeah, it you? totally checks out to me. I'm Batman. I bet you a lot of good directors would acknowledge this movie as like a bad, good movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if you talk to like Spielberg would probably be like, I love Beverly Hills. <laughs> no. He might call it like a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Oh. For me, it's just a pleasure. I feel no guilt. It is a good film. Before we go on to our final section, which I love you when Jerry does those little like slightly admits that it's bad, but then, but then goes back. It's not goes, bad. But it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. Okay. No, it's not. Okay. This is my Jared impression. I was like, no, no, but it's great. That's the thing. It's like, it's a perfect movie it's a great impression and like a lot of smart people might say that it's not good but that's that's a great impression it's perfect so before we go on to our our final segment here i just want to say first of all thank you this was a little bit of a test we uh we never normally you know next week we'll be back to espousing the great things of movies that we love uh but this week it was fun to try something a little different if jerry and i got got caddy at all i love you jerry and and i appreciate i don't apologize i love you chris and if uh, you out there are on Team Jared and love this movie, Chris, we're sorry that we shat on a movie that you love. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and if you're on Team Chris and you don't like this movie, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, so this is the part where we need to decide, is this movie a pleasure, a guilty pleasure, or just plain guilty? And this is your moment to sell it. Why should people watch it? Jared. Top tier performance. Top tier heart. <laughs> Top tier energy. There ain't no guilt here, baby. It's all pleasure. (laughs) I'm going guilty pleasure because Chris Farley's performance in itself and the fact that there are only three Chris Farley movies, really? I think so. Uh, I'd imagine he's in other things. Sure, but, 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 you know, vehicles for Chris Farley. I would say it's absolutely a fun thing to watch. Uh, Although... 
Um, I'm not going to uh, take a class from the screenwriters. <laughs> and to that point, real quick, it is <laughs> of, of the three, like, don't judge Chris Farley wholly off of Beverly Hills Ninja. I will go that far talking negatively about it. The other two are better films starring the same guy. That guy has to hold more weight on this movie. This one's sillier. Yeah. Too. So the other two are good movies. Like those they're are all funny, grounded in reality. Yeah, yeah. They're more of a movie that you're looking for. Like those are by far more recepted or recepted better by everybody. But I just know and love that Beverly Hills. I mean, that's a great film. Uh, my opinion, for what it's worth, if you saw this as a kid and you love it, which I, I get it. If you're watching it now, watch them on SNL and then watch Kung Fu Panda instead. Uh, guilty pleasure. Guys, this has been a show. This has been it. Uh, thank you guys for throwing down. L- Who did you think won the fight? Let us know. <laughs> Put your fisticuffs up. Uh, let us know what you thought of this film. I would love for you guys to sound off. And let us know what other movies you want to see next. It's the goodbye time. Goodbye. See you later. Bye. Thanks for having us, Zach. <laughs>